Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I was cheated by you and I think you know when. Look at me now, will I ever learn? I don't know how, but I suddenly lose control. There's a fire within my soul. Come on, girl! Just one look and I can hear a bell ring. I've never felt closer to my mom. She wasn't scared because she had me. Mama Mia! can't tell anybody else about the baby, okay? I just told Bill. Yeah, and I told Harry. And I told many, many people. Whoa, mama mia, here I go again. Let's get the party started. Grandma, you weren't invited. That's the best kind of party, little girl. I should not have let you go. Hello and welcome to Smashpod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be packing our auto-tunes and heading to Greece, while also embracing time travel, hair fetishes, piercing blue eyes, and green screens. Yes, it's Mamma Mia, here we go again. And joining me to break into song during entirely inappropriate times, it's comedy writer and dancing queen, <laughs> Sarah Morgan. Hello, Sarah. Hi, John. Now, this is sort of an unbro- this is sort of an unspoken contract that we drew up oh. when we made the first one. I feel like, well, yeah, we're here again. This is we this had to be done. One. We did. We said we were going to do this probably oh. at a time when the nation needed it the most. Yeah, and I think because and... it's locked down again. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. It, it is the whole film. Is, I feel like you've broken the glass. For the, the emergency has come that the glass needed to be broken and we had to do this. We had to do it. Um, yeah, for the sake of the nation. Uh, We're like Joe Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> the Joe Wicks of taking the piss out of, you know, yeah. musicals. We're the Joe Wicks, except this is very much that clip that someone found the other day of Joe Wicks, unfortunately, letting a big fart out before we do a show today. <laughs> that is very much this film. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in a way, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Is is basically it's very it's very lockdown too. It's the same elements yeah. as the first one, but it's there's a touch of there's a hint that the milk of human kindness might have 
run a bit, <laughs> run a bit thin. Like so. everyone's a bit tired. Uh-huh. Um, no one wants clapping to be there. as clapping as much as they were in the first one. No, <laughs> they're sort of just tired and just 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 be gentle. Uh-huh. Can we just be gentle and kind in this one rather than all the ah. And one of them is very much do I do I have to be in it? Yeah, I mean, Piers is, it, you know, we're supposed to be focusing on, on Piers and he's sort of, you know, he's he's there and he's having a brilliant time and he's holding, he's very much holding this together. The dads hold this this one together. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah. It's very zaddy, as I think they say on the internet now. It's packed full of dilfs. It's it's big dad energy. Yeah. Up the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! So, so we we begin the film much like we began the first one with Sophie, um, doing stuff. Except this time, she's sadly singing "Thank You for Music" because <laughs> uh, she's preparing for the grand reopening of her mum's hotel. We don't. Do we ever find out why it wasn't open? Is it just because she popped her clogs? Yeah. So we mm. we open on the news that Donna, very much the hero of the first film, Meryl mm. Streep, has died, which is a great way to start your film. But obviously yeah. Meryl was not available, and people wanted to make some money, so mm. uh, everyone else was available. So they sort of worked around it by starting the film up with this absolute bummer, and then <laughs> not she, literally, not literally. <laughs> oh, John. Uh, so yeah, she's lamenting. So this this girl who. Though she looks 12, like she did in the first one, was now about 30, maybe? 40, 50? I'd argue she looks a lot older in this one than the first one. She looks like a bush baby, mm. but a tired one now. Very um, tired. She, yeah, and there's and, and so she is reopening her mum's hotel on an island that she hasn't left her entire life yeah. for 30, 40 years, 50 years. And uh, so she's thinking while she's reopening her hotel as we all do in these very relatable storylines she starts thinking about the fuck that made her that her mum did her dead mum did it's like looking back on my dead mum's fucks to remind me why i'm opening this hotel (laughs) (laughs) that's the plot of (laughs) me a woman a woman lament her dead mum's fucks (laughs) (laughs) can we put that on the poster the music of abba yeah i'm gonna hear it go again tagline the woman laments her mum's fucks. Yeah, or just just sort of muses upon what mm. they what they meant to her. Yeah, as we all do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the plot of this is completely insane and not mm. worth getting hung up on. Like, if you like the first film, then this film will try and make you feel the same way. And the plot is. Did you know that? Did you? I don't know if you've done as much reading up on Mamma Mia too as I have. Mm. Uh, but that uh, apparently Richard Curtis's daughter came up with the idea of the plot of Mamma Mia uh, too. I saw that he um, is one of the screenwriters. Yeah, so he wrote the first one, or he adapted it from the musical, and then uh, uh, so the script was sort of already in place. And the plot to this one was apparently he was talking to his daughter in the car. And saying, "How do we do Mamma Mia too?" Well, Meryl Streep doesn't want to. Meryl Streep doesn't do sequels, so mm. how do we do this? And she said, "Why don't you do The Godfather's Part Two, which I haven't seen. I have seen Mamma Mia. Here we go again, like nine hundred times, but I've not seen Godfather Part Two. But <laughs> I think I like how lofty that is. To be fair, to be fair to them, Godfather Part Two is all about how many people Marilyn Marilyn Brando had sex with." <laughs> Marlon Brando fucks three strangers. Fucks three strangers. 
uh, and uh, Christine Baranski's in it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, and Julie Waters falls off jet ski. <sighs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> That's the first one. Um, <laughs> but we also meet here, we meet Senor Cienfuegos. It means a hundred fires. hundred fires. Andy Garcia, he is very much doing his, hello, I am Andy Garcia, even though I do not sound like this really. Yeah, he sounds like sort of, it's like, is Andy Garcia Hispanic? Uh, that's a really stupid question. But yeah, yeah, he is. He yeah, is, but yeah. he's sort of, but he's still doing like a fake Spanish accent. Like he's doing Manuel. Yeah. He's sort of, hello, I am a mysterious Spanish man. Hotel is clean. <laughs> exactly. This is Donna the Rat. <laughs> he is, he's a Spanish, he's Manuel. He's like a, he's a, he's a little Spanish man working in a hotel. Yeah. With, with unrealistic facial hair. Yeah, oh and a hat. Yeah. He's got a hat. Well, I remember that. He's got a hat and a crumpled suit. And he's, to be fair, everyone is leaning into their parts perfectly. Like, mm. it, it is panto, this whole thing. It oh, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Everyone's playing the wrong ages. Mm. There's one wig shared between three women. Yes. It is it is like a village fake panto that's <laughs> just like an hour and a half too long. Um, it feels like one of those um, awful things Richard Curtis did for Children in Need. Like, I'm going to do a sequel to yeah it's like four weddings yeah with doctor who in it or something mm, yeah exactly um, yeah yeah there's just a bit it's too much green screen like there's too oh, many God. too many famous people on green screen doing their one line that's exactly what this film is there's too many famous people on green screen doing their one line it doesn't need to be two hours long this should be like no. an hour and oh. it would be it would be delightful but I did the first the first time I saw it again. The, like just as with the first one, if you're a bit drunk and you're with my mum, not your mum, but every but my mum in particular, yeah. yeah. I mean, but if you're with my mum and you're mm. a bit drunk on baby sham and brandy, mm. it's called a wicked lady. Uh, <laughs> then then it's quite good. Um, and if you're <laughs> feeling a bit sad and lockdowny, it might tip you over. The, there's an edge that it might tip you over, and I don't know which way you're gonna go over that. Well, I'd, I'd argue that the first film is that because it's got charm and it's got an energy, yeah. Yeah. whereas this one feels like a beast. It, it is a B side because all the songs are, apart from the ones they recycle, are not Abba's greatest songs, are they? They are clever enough to do the good songs from the mm. first film mm. again. They, like everyone just wants to hear those songs again. That's fine. Yeah. You can't hear Dancing Queen too many times. No. Um, it's literally impossible. Um, mm. But yeah, and there's a lot of. It's not Abba gold anymore. We're on. We're on. The Abba tape you'd get from like a petrol station. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the sort of cheap Abba songs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I've never the, heard of any of these Abba songs before. <laughs> but Sophie comes down the stairs to see Senor and Andy Garcia. Yeah. And they're lamenting the death of her mother by looking at a photo taken from the end of the first film. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just like in Neighbours when they use like someone's headshot. <laughs> yeah. To show that the character's dead. Yeah. Like no dignity whatsoever for Meryl Streep. She would be so proud of you. She would, I guess you'd be so proud of you. And then, yes. And then she, so the plot here is, again, with sequels, you like the first, the plot of the first one, it's Sophie wondering if she should marry the love of her life and finding out who her dad's are. That's two very big goals that are very relatable. The mm. dad thing, not so relatable, but you know, dads and daughters relatable. The plot of this one is, I'm worried about my hotel opening. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I'm worried about my hotel opening and um, my boyfriend seems unsupportive because he's got a really good job offer in New York being mm. an actual proper hotel manager. Yeah. And so the whole film was her being sad about 
this boyfriend, Mm -hmm. whether he's going to support her opening her hotel on a tiny Greek island. It's not as relatable as should I get married or not. No, and she wants to do her mother proud Mm. um, with the the hotel opening. So it's a big deal to her. But before we can really focus on that. Of course, yeah. We then flash back to 1979. We now have a year when all this happened. Because in the first Mm. one, it's all over the shop, isn't it? It, Like various periods in history. She is a time lord as far as I know. She is. Donna is a time. Donna Meryl Streep in the first one is a time lord, and yeah. I mean, I've got so much to say about that, but yeah, because <laughs> we then we then go to Oxford, New College, Oxford, <laughs> where, where Don, Donna got an A. Um, we hear that she, she was always late for everything. She's late for her own sort of graduation ceremony. Yeah. And Celia Emery is doing the voice of like a, a wise old goose in a farm film. Oh, it's just nice to get a dose oh. of Celia Emery, though, isn't it? You yeah. know, when you're watching something and Celia Emery pops up and you're like, oh, my heart. Uh, yeah, so it's um, nice. One of nice. the teachers is Benny. That's right. Yeah, yeah and then they sing um, Then I Kiss the Teacher, ABBA's second most uh, problematic song. Yeah, also one of their most famous songs. Everyone was so pleased to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's up there with Does Your, Does Your Mother Know in terms yeah. of maybe times are different now yeah yeah but but we do get a kiss between oh what's she called young donna baby donna and mm. and celia emery which is fun is it lily lily something lily Rose? lily savage is lily yeah. savage, lily savage yeah. yeah 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 she kisses celia emery and it seems to she seems to have magic powers because then celia emery does that kind of classic judge ripping up the paper and saying everybody's <laughs> free because she then jumps up and grabs a feather bow and starts singing herself it's the power of abba even power shitty abba, abba b-sides and they <laughs> dance <laughs> they child abuse exactly <laughs> yeah. from the Fritzel album they did <laughs> from the from the abuse of position of power album including does your mother know and yes if, if Richard Curtis play on Richard yeah. Curtis was involved <laughs> as is his track record um, so they, they have this big song and dance number it then moves out to a sort of bicycle related dance number yeah it's like it's like the Muppets they're all on bikes Everyone loves people on bikes, Everyone but they're that. humans on bikes, so it's slightly less impressive. But they all are all on strings, though, so they, they kept yeah. the, the feeling alive. And then they end up on a barge yeah. doing a number. And then they fall into some water, which is traditional for a Mamma Mia film. There's a mm. lot of people falling into water at all times, because that is fun, apparently. It is. Falling yeah. into water is quite fun. Mm. You fell in the water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gym. Um, yeah, but we also find out from um, Sophie, it's also saying her, she's written and invites people to come to the hotel. She writes one for her grandmother, Rosie, mm. and then says, oh, she never comes. And then um, she, her mum doesn't even, Rosie, Meryl Streep's mum doesn't come to her graduation. And then she tells her friends, mum didn't come. She never comes. And I thought, oh, poor, poor mum. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, in the in the, fir- in the first film, we know. Um, oh, were you being rude there? Were you being was, saucy? Yeah, was, oh, yeah. you being saucy? Yeah. Like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Considering how many single entendres there are on this film, yeah. Christine Baranski's big line coming up in a bit. Yes. There was quite a lot of un- unintentional double entendres because no one really did a second draft of the script. It's no. all so first draft. <laughs> it's like tossed off in a couple of days with, with two star. Uh, there's a great one coming up in a bit with, uh, it's actually from a deleted scene with Piers. It gets very interesting. Anyway, oh. um, yeah. So she's, she's uh, yeah, where are we now? Well, oh, we're all over time and space at this point. Well, yeah, we? we're in 1979. Yeah. And she says to young... Um, Julie Waters and Christine Brensky, I'm going to travel the world because I, I is a free spirit in it. 
Oh, that's right. Because her mum in the first one, we are told in the first one by oh. no uncertain terms that her mum is a bad mum yeah. who does not let her do things uh-huh. like go to an island and get pregnant. She doesn't approve of that, funnily enough. Like, you know, a cool mum would be fine with their 18-year-old daughter who's just graduated, oh. getting knocked up by a stranger and living on an island forever. But in the first one, we know that she's not... She's Well, we know that the mum... Ruby Sheridan. <laughs> oh, Ruby, it's not not Rosie. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. No, Rosie is Julie Walters. <clears throat> Julie, Rosie is Julie character. Walters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she says, "I'm going to travel the world." It's bad I... screenwriting to have your characters have the first same name, brother. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. She says, <laughs> "I'm going to travel." Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. At least there's no rape in this. Um, <laughs> she says she's going to travel the world, and then the next sentence says, "I'm going to go to Paris." Uh, you didn't go very far, did you? No, so she got she got a sea cat over to super sea cat over to, <laughs> to Paris. Yeah. Oh god, the um, the type the, the the things in this to to show that it's nineteen seventy nine are all oh, over well, the amazing. shop. Amazing, beautiful, just unbelievable. So then we cut back to the present, and um, Sky is uh, Dominic Cooper. Yeah, little sprout faced man. Little sprout faced man. And you know um, that he's been corrupted by New York because he's drinking from a tiny little cafetiere. Mm. That shows that someone's fallen to like you know the uh, the posh life. The, yeah, he's not drinking change. out of a jug. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not drinking goat's milk out of a goat. No, <laughs> like you do in Greece. <laughs> but he says he can't Ow. be at the hotel opening because he has to train for six weeks to be a hotel man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been offered a permanent job and he wants to say yes. Mm. And then she talks, they then have some exposition about how Sophie's mum died just a year ago. And he says, you know, she's, he basically says, you know, she's going to be dead forever, right? Yeah. You, you need to get over yourself. Okay, maybe get off the island you've lived on now for your entire life and some kind of horrible tribute to your mum. Yeah. Yeah. And then after their brief conversation, she then, they both have a song of one of us. Yeah. Which is really boring. That. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah. Come on, everyone. Yeah. Sing <laughs> along if you cinema. know the words. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's singing in the cinema with their white wines and their little popcorn going. Can we have a song we know, please? Um, so then we come back to the present and Julie Walters and Christine Brinsky arrive to see yeah. Sophie. And, and they're um, having a nice time. They're having a nice time. They're, they're talking mm-hmm. about, there's a bit here where she's like, Julie Walters' thing is she can't talk about Donna without crying. Yeah, good good line. Yes. Good gag. She keeps crying. And then they meet her, and then they're met at the, the in a gym. Well, they, they're driving along, and then in, out of a truck steps Andy Garcia, and this is where Christine Baranski... Oh yeah, there's a, there's a flamenco guitar noise, mm-hmm. as must happen when a Spanish person appears. Yeah. And then, yeah, Christine Baranski delivers the... Well, it's a line, isn't it? <laughs> she says, be still, my beating vagina. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hello, I am a sexy Spanish man. Who I, I just did in a French accent. I am sexy so, Spanish. So he. It's fine. Mm, yeah, that's right, true. Yeah. I am here to say hello. So they, they really go deep on right. I mean, that line is just, it's sort of, it's like they sort of watched Sex and the City too and went, yeah. you know what, we could we could, we could turn this up a bit more up on the faders of the kind of like awful things that a woman would never actually say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just make her into like a horrible Randy cartoon character. Oh, to be um, fair, she has nothing to do in this, so. No, uh, 
I mean, it, it, the next line is something like, having washed and sent to my tent. Which at least is there something to that. Anyway, yeah. Mm. He's still my beating vagina. That's going to be on her grave from now mm. on. Uh, on her gravestone. It'll be on her, um, when, when she passes away, it'll be in her Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Oscar clips. Yeah. There's a lovely bit, though, when um, uh, he, he says, I'm senior, senior, what's it? Sanky Fuego. Uh, he and is, go, uh, senior Sven Fuego. It means a hundred fires. Mm. <laughs> and they're all like, yeah. Ooh. Sorry, you women usually like it when I say that, but okay. Yeah, and he has—he clearly has a lot of pain because he tells mm. you he has a lot of pain, but yeah. that's sort of all, yeah. So yeah. that's fun. There's so much going on. At well, there point. is, because then we cut back to 1979. Yeah. Donna's in Paris, or pa or Anna in Paris, or Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Yeah. She's, in, she's in green screen Paris. There's the mm -hmm. Eiffel Tower. There's some men on bicycles with onions around their necks. Yeah. Uh, having affairs or eating a wheel of brie it's yeah. all very french yeah hoppy hoppy ho. um <laughs> she, she goes into the hotel and the concierge is a snail no that's not true and um <clears throat> she's at the desk and then a man comes down the stairs and it's harry young harry who is can i say this not very good uh he's uh the he's he's the florid cheeked young posh boy from w1a mm. um and i think he's quite good in that so it's hard to tell yeah. if he's good in this or not because the well, the material he's working with is so odd mm. and there's so many layers to his character it's like please play a young colin firth and we need to imply that as in the first one where we reveal the character's gay mm. that he might be bisexual, he might be attracted to Jonah, but it feels more like they're suggesting he's been on a journey. Yeah. That maybe he discovers down the line that he's gay and was never really attracted to women. Yeah, I'll correct um, myself there. I'll say it's not him, it's his part. It's, it's the part. Is, very yeah, bad. so he's he's mm. doing a lot with the, you know, he's playing young, <laughs> young, sexually open, discovering, I don't know, exploring yeah. his, his sexuality by sleeping with young Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. Um... So fancying her, but yet sort of with a hint that later on in life he might identify as 100% gay. Now, Sarah, in the first film, mm. when she talks about when she met Harry, mm. he's a punk. Yes. In this, he's not a punk. <laughs> he's wearing a leather jacket, John. That is enough. He's got a T-shirt like... with like a punky picture on it. Yeah, it's like a sort it. of a, like a, an H&M punk T-shirt with like the picture of the Queen on it. Exactly. Um, He's as far away as a punk as you could possibly be in Very small leather jacket. Mm, he looks um, like Brett Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, so he, he falls in love with her at first sight, uh, but then yeah. I think later on says, you're the only woman I'll ever love or something, while winking heavily at the camera. Well, he says, and it's very Richard Curtis, I, 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 he said, I think we should spend the night together. And he says, in fact, you'd be doing me a huge favour as I am a virgin. <laughs> that is very Richard Curtis, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to trick you into bed. You'd be doing me a so... huge favour. <laughs> and he's very much playing it like it feels like it's written like Hugh Grant in Four Weddings, the way he talks. Yeah. There's also, as they brilliantly point out in the comic relief uh, vicious takedown of this film, mm -hmm. um, that they get around the fact that you can't put Waterloo in a film set in Greece um, by having them singing singing in a um, Napoleon-themed restaurant. Napoleon-themed As soon as they walked in and the, the concierge was dressed as Napoleon, I thought, oh, God, no, well, don't. How are we going to get... Oh, don't. <laughs> You're better than that, Mamma Mia. No, you yeah. no, you haven't. Because I've written here in my notes here, Waterloo, fuck my life. <laughs>
It's an S-Pod thing. The podcast revisiting S-Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge-watched this. Anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests help me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do you think, do you think this is one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much? It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Uh, we have a I, it's because a it's Richard Curtis. Talent. We've got a lady in a wheelchair as well. Uh, <laughs> he likes to put those a, in his films. Well, he whoever's decision it was to have a wheelchair user person in a wheelchair. Thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. phrase uh, a wheelchair using dancer, a wheelchair user dancer in that sequence is well intentioned. But then you, we spend the whole thing cutting back to a hotel that is essentially on the you know at the top of a very steep hill with loads of steps. So. Yeah. She's welcome to be in their dance when they're coursing, but she's not welcome to the hotel opening. No, this character, not. who we see for two seconds, and um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's that horrible. Yes, it, it, apparently in the, the what's the Richard Curtis film that has a character who's a wheelchair user? Notting Hill. That actor is not a wheelchair no, user. No, Gina McKee. My, she is not. Yeah, a and a friend of mine who was in that film was an extra who is a wheelchair user was not happy about that jesus Christ. <laughs> richard curtis is that's the worst thing he's ever done if he ever employs me to work is that like is that called wheel country. face uh i <laughs> i'm gonna ask around what that's called i think i'm gonna call it wheel face um hey okay, i'm not i'm <laughs> laughing at you saying that not with you so fine it's not offensive. I'm sticking up for people who should be playing people in wheelchairs. That's what I'm saying. Wheelchair users. Wheelchair users should be playing people who are wheelchair users. There we go. Uh, and this is the point of the people film. Thinking, yeah, and it, there's, I, no, right? there's no point to this film, John. Well, no, no, this is the point of the film. Okay. Where I, re I remember that the thing about these kind of musicals is that mm. one person will dance and you know, break into song and dance, mm. and it's the job of the other person to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what are you Reactive doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. And then you get this really menacing bit where he's singing Waterloo behind Donna mm. 
next to a piano, so it really looks like he's bumming her. <laughs> and then the pianist turns to the camera, and it's Bjorn. Yeah. And he gives a really menacing smile, like, ah, oh, you're like a looking at her getting bummed. Uh. It's really, I, I took a screenshot of it and tweeted it just, you know, the fizz up oh, the yeah, arse no, corner. I, I, it's I'm horrible. Fair. Yeah, it's um. It, also, he looks so much like um Chaz or Dave. I'm not yeah. sure which one. That Chaz. for a minute I was like, "What an interesting cameo!" Chaz, <laughs> imagine Chaz being in Mamma Mia. Actually, it would have been, been better. Everyone else is in this film. Ah. Yeah. So then, after their waterlooing, yeah, and she deflowers him. She deflowers him, and he's sexually says she's liberated. She's sexually liberated. And so that's that's fuck number one that could possibly be the fuck that makes Sophie uh, Sophie in the future. Mm. Yeah. He says, keep track of this, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's important for later. <laughs> uh, she should have done this. We're doing her work for her. Here. She should have rubbered up, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But it was yeah. a different time. It was in 1979. Yeah, no condoms weren't invented then. No, and despite how everyone looks and behaves, it's 1979. <laughs> um, Someone goes past on a penny for this. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it now. There's about 10 scenes in this based in 1979 where everyone's got wireless microphones. <laughs> and it annoyed me no end because they did not exist in 1979. Um, along but, with condoms, yeah. yeah, along with condoms. Well, he had Geronimo, didn't he? Like Fred Brewster had. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting in a bath with your trousers on, but it didn't stop me. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, they're there after they have sex. That's such a deep cut. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's the second time I've mentioned Fred Brewster in this can podcast. I ask a serious question at this point. Who yeah. is this for? Who are we talking to? I don't know. If you're out there, thank you for giving me purpose, my Saturday. I mean, I've probably dropped something that no one knows what I'm talking about. But please look up Fred Brewster AIDS advert. It was, it was the constant of our young lives, and he was a hero. I don't know why young people complain about having to wear condoms against HIV virus and AIDS. Look what we had to put up with. I called it Geronimo, my friend. Compared with the condoms of today, it was like wearing the inner tube of a cycle. It wasn't disposable like the modern condoms. It was designed to be used again and again. <laughs> it was like having a bath with your socks on, but it never stopped me in no way. He should be getting a, a bloody knighthood, not Captain Tom. No, he's Fred Brewster up. wouldn't have gone to Barbados. <laughs> But if he did, he would have rubbed up. No harm done. <laughs> so I've got the proper giggles remembering that advert. Oh, that was not saved me. Lives. He saved more lives than Tom ever could. He did. Than Captain Tom ever he did. could. He was talking, you know, when AIDS was big. He was a hero. Yeah. He should have had sex with loads of women up and down his garden. Oh, I hope To raise money for AIDS charities. <laughs> He'd have given them lengths. <laughs> Not laps. A hundred lengths around the garden. That's right. Oh, my God. He'd have uh, got a flyby. He'd have got everything. But no, nothing. No, they didn't. Why didn't they pick him out in drones I don't on know. New Year's Eve? A picture, a lovely, beautiful drone depiction of him having sex <laughs> and then washing it under the tap. Like you said, he did. That's what they did. That was what they did at the time. They did. It's like getting in a bath with a trouser. Um, yeah, so, so um, uh, what's his name? Um, Colin Firth as a young man. Harry. Colin, young, young Baby Harry. Yeah, he says it's the Harry, greatest yeah. event of his life. Yeah. Goes, and then he's all Hugh Grant. Well, you know, obviously I haven't had much of <laughs> Thank you for despunking me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. And then um, she leaves him a letter and then pisses off. 
And then we come yeah. back to present day where Sophie goes in to see Sam, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, finally, Pierce! Mm. He's in his Fine. shed drawing. He's well. He's an architect, so he's got a slanting desk. Yes, slanting desk. Doing his architecting. Uh huh. As you know, as one of I want. I want her to walk in and him on the phone. Just go. Yes, I want a door there. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> just, just, just to you know, set the scene. <laughs> I've told I you once. St- I've told you before. French windows. Goodbye. <laughs> I want a steeple and I want a conservatory. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. And I want them made of glass. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so she comes in and she says, oh, we've, we've got more moussaka than we know what to do with. Oh, this is my favourite Piers moment mm. in the whole mm. thing. Because she said, yeah, she's got more. We've got moussaka for millions with moussaka to spare. Mm. Then without pause, she says, I hope you'll be proud. Yeah. And, and Piers goes, I already am. Yeah. And it's like he's talking about moussaka. <laughs> it's like it's, there's no pause for breath. There's, there's moussaka to spare. I hope you'll be proud. Oh, I am. He should say at this point, look, I don't have to be proud of everything you do. <laughs> You're your own I, person with your own agency. Get on with it. I fucking love Misaka. I do like Misaka. Have you got any if, chips? If um, <laughs> just a little bit, some pitta wedges would be wonderful. About yeah. yeah. If Piers Brosnan's Misaka just sticks with you for the rest of the film from this point on, just remembering he's probably his motivation for the rest of the film is Misaka. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's then he sings SOS in a in a sad oh. 2020 remix because he doesn't know SOS. if he can face the opening, as it were. Because yeah, even though he's living on the island. For mm. some reason, mm. in the goat shed, uh, I think it's a goat shed. I think it is the goat shed. Yeah, he's he's tarted up his goat shed mm. like David Cameron's uh, little caravan. Yeah, um, giving it a coat of Farrell Hall, and now mm. he's doing architecting in it while Donna's dead, and he's got this weird, creepy fold-out booklet of photos of Donna as a child. Yeah. So he's sort of it's a it's a I mean he looks good. Don't get me wrong, full mm. saddy energy, but he's an older man and he is looking at. Some pictures of a teenage girl yeah. <laughs> while standing next to his daughter, who looks exactly the same because they're sharing a wig. Oh. It's, very, it's, a, it's a bit much. But he does sing, and it's wonderful. He does. He goes full pub singer. It's beautiful. It's what it's what we've paid our money for. Ted Bovis. Yeah. Ted Bovis 2020. He does a wistful cry. Yeah. It's good though. It's moving. Yeah. And then we go back to 1979. Now we're in Greece. I going back to 1979. Oh, I do. And then she's missed the boat. And then we have the first scene. Of Omid Jajali. Omid Jalili. Jalili, sorry. He I'm has like, to be, yeah. he has to play a foreign person in everything, it's the law. With a hair fetish. Yeah, he's got, um, he, it's, it's like, he has to cameo in anything that isn't, that has a nondescript foreign person in it. Yeah, and I don't mean that, that that's no. not a racial so that is me saying, he's in Sex and the City 2 oh. as a person from a foreign land, and he's in, like, many other films. Gladiator. Just, he's, he's from everywhere. He's like the he one in Gladiator who all of a system, you sold me a queer camel. <laughs> but yes, he does. He's he's got mm. a thing for Colin First character. It's how we reminded that Colin Everyone's Firth hair. Came. Yeah. Oh. oh no, hang on, sorry. I yes, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Colin Firth, young it's baby Colin Firth and baby Sarsgaard are here at the moment. Right, yes. Sorry, yeah, they I'm haven't got ahead. there yet. You're getting ahead I'm of racing ahead to the, yeah. to the to the old cast because he stalls for a long God. time. Yeah, uh, mm. looking at her and saying, "You you have grown your hair. It looked better when it was short." 
Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, like you say, he he plays this character now. In the eighties, it was Alexis Sale. Yeah. And in the seventies, it was Naid uh, Sahawala. He was rent a foreigner. Yeah, then just Alexis generic Sale did foreign character. Gigs. And fair yeah. play. I mean, mm. he's a nice man and he should get the gig. But Absolutely. It's, uh, it, <laughs> some local casting. But I think um, this was supposed to be a really funny running joke, but it's not. It's quite boring. Yeah. They, um, they plant a couple of those in this, don't they? That are just, yeah. Like, oh, sorry. No, because I was saying, as she's chasing after the boat, all her mm. underwear falls out. Yeah, that's creepy as fuck, isn't it? When yeah. it, like the, the, we first meet young Bill, yeah. Junior Sarsgaard, yeah. and he's picking up her knick, going, Ooh. Mm. and then he says, "Oh, I could give you a lift." He offers her a lift on his boat, which yeah. has a sleeping quarters. Which I'm like, how far away is this island that they're yeah. having this conversation? She's like, "Oh, I'll sleep in here. I'll sleep in here." And it's like it's that that day boat mm. presumably doesn't travel all night to this island. There would be a Netflix documentary about this bloke. Yeah. But he's, it, got two, <laughs> he's got two beds. Only one of them's yeah. good. Yeah. Again, but, this journey is like half a mile. And he sort Tops. of implies that he'll give her a lift if she has sex with him. Yeah, basically. But that doesn't happen yet. Because uh, he tells her that you have, one of them, you have one of those smiles that makes the rest of the world smile too. And she says, you're one of those seducers um, that, that is a you know, creep, basically. And yeah, it's not, he's not so much a seducer as more like, you know, whoever produces Bang Bus on Pornhub. <laughs> 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 well, it's been a quiet lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the Bang Boat. Yeah. Not, he's got a bang boat. Yeah, yeah. He literally has. I mean, he still he has did, when yeah. he's older as well, by the way. Yeah. Ass, grass, or what's the phrase? Cat, ash, ass, cash, or grass? It doesn't work in a British accent. I don't know what you're talking what about. What American truck drivers used to have on the back of their trucks. Uh, ass, cash, or grass. Right. It, you know, no one rides for free is essentially the gist of that. Yeah. Okay. So that um, means he takes donkeys and cows for money. Yes. Yeah. That, that is the ass. <clears throat> It is implied. And um, so he then sings, Why Did It Have to Be Me? Which is really... And is this an ABBA song? Apparently, but it was really bland. Um, but what she doesn't know is that young Harry has followed her to Greece, uh, but is yeah. also stalled by, by Omid in the booth. Yeah. Who also says that his hair is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he has to watch as she sails off with Bill and he laments it. Oh. Yeah, is Harry on the boat? Oh. It's a popular film of the 90s, isn't it? Yeah. If we're doing, if we're doing ridiculously we're doing, deep cuts to our cuts. We've got an open door to deep cuts. Yeah. Sure. But on the way, they, they help a stranded fisherman, Alexio. This is mad. Oh. This story comes from nowhere, goes nowhere, does nothing. No, just, I think it's to just a film. To the point where I just thought he was Senor Fuego. I did. For ages, I think yeah. the first four times I've seen this film, oh. I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was it was young Andy Garcia, but no, it's too sexy for young Andy Garcia. <laughs> All the way around, he's very bronzed, isn't he? He is. But he, they yeah. then ruin it, help him ruin a wedding because he's the love of his life is marrying another man, which suggests that she likes that other man a bit. Yeah, it's not like she's been forced to do it, but he arrives at the dock thanks to Bill. And then says, I love you. And she runs away from the wedding and jumps in the water because it's another people like jumping. People jumping love in water. jumping in water. And then it turns out neither of them can swim. So Bill has to take his top off. 
Yeah. And jump in the water and help them. Young Bill. Young Bill, that is. And then uh, we cut from that back to the present day. And Andy Garcia is not happy as his happiness sealed the many years ago. His love. <laughs> his old, my love left me and will never return. This, <laughs> I, I have made my peace with pain. <laughs> stares off into the distance and says, Ding, 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 ding. I feel. <laughs> stares off into the distance and then says, A storm is coming. I thought, oh, <laughs> Terminator's coming. Cool. He's a dog. Yeah. And he can see his character. He's both a time traveller, a ghost, and a dog. Awesome. Because he can sense storms are coming before oh, humans. I want that film. <laughs> He's been sent from the future to make sure this wedding happens. I mean, this hotel opening happens. Um, yeah, exactly. You can't remember what the thing is that we're supposed to be getting excited about because she's too busy remembering how her mum yeah. had sex with three strangers. Uh, yeah. Oh, so then in the past, Donna arrives on the island and after being dropped off by Bill, who has to leave for a sailing competition, yep. but will return in three weeks. And so she finds this warehouse, this farmhouse that's abandoned and then sings, I have a dream. Uh, yes. She and destroys so trashes, it more. Trash, she trashes a hotel uh, in a, yeah, in a sort of way that's supposed to be charming, I think. She slides down the banister of stairs and the entire staircase collapses. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Mm. And then there's a storm and she starts laughing like Partridge would say, you're laughing at the weather. <laughs> She's that kind of free-spirited, awful woman who yes. laughs at weather mm. and sex pests and mm. another thing, yeah. Uh, and will be found in a rolled-up carpet on the N25. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then she finds a <laughs> spooked horse. She yeah, it was a, meta a metaphorical spooked horse that is meant to represent Piers Brosnan's sexuality, I think? Uh, or hers, or well, someone's. He arrives, now I've got an issue with this as well, he arrives on his motorcycle, yes, mm. But when we saw him in the past in Mamma Mia, mm. he had long hair and a handlebar moustache. Yeah. He does not. I know. That's a real, it's a real shame because he looked like Evil Knievel and it was kind mm. of hot. He looked um, like, um, was he Duke Kaboom from Toy Story that's 4? That's exactly what he looked yeah. like. Yeah. I wanted yeah. him to look like that. Yeah. That mm. was what I was thinking when I was thinking Evil Knievel. I'm like, surely that was based on someone. No, it's just his own thing. Maybe Duke Kaboom was based on... <laughs> <laughs> Piers Brosnan's flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Undoubtedly so. But it's a good look. It's to the detriment of this film, though, because it would be more interesting if Harry does, was so a does punk. He, and... Does he go away and when he marries his wife and the... Oh, spoiler of what happened. He doesn't mm. marry Donna immediately. He marries her later. But in the, in the intervening years, he did have a helmet and a handlebar moustache. And yeah. then how would Donna know? Exactly. <gasps> God, the it's continuity like, in this is mind scramble. He's like Mr Brown from Paddington. He's got so many hidden looks. Oh, yeah. I keep it... thinking he's in this. He's not, is no, he? No, he should be, though. He's, he should be. It feels he's... like the kind of thing he'd be in. Yeah. Uh, so he tells her that they meet. He calms the horse. Yeah, so it's raining. Mm. There's a storm. The storm mm. represents emotion. The storm is happening both now in 1979 and in yes. the present day. Yeah. There's a great bit where Piers uh, <laughs> and Sophie very dramatically run to hold up just like a sort like of a flag. Yeah, it's like, it's nothing. If it no. fell over, you pick it up and fight. It's He's fine. Like, but oh, grab like, the oh rope. my God! Oh, it's some like, bamboo with a cloth on it. And they're it. like swaying and hugging each other mm. with this like massive amount of emotion. Like they're holding up like their own house or something. And it's just a flag. It's like an awning. He, tell, he tells Donna that he, he's, he's run away from his life as an architect. To have That's a break right. So young, young Pierce. Young mm. Pierce is, is nice casting, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, he's, you Good. know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no one's peers, but you, no. they should have put contact lenses in him. They should have de-aged him. Just, like in The Irishman. Him. Pierce played himself. It's creepy enough, his scenes mm. with Sophie, who was meant to be his daughter, mm. uh, without him also playing his own... Because they all the, all the blonde women look so much like each other, you forget yeah. if he's meant to be in a scene with his dead wife, his daughter, or his dead wife from the past, who is a different actor in the same wig. Or just made him 100% CG. Yeah, if they yeah. like Luke Skywalker too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> She, do you know what? No, scratch that. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, yeah. Baby Yoda. If Baby Yoda had played young, <laughs> and I don't care what his real name is. Um, it's Grogu. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? That was the best. I mean, this is a complete sidebar. Because <laughs> I know we really need to stay on track with this thing. But yeah. the best thing I ever did in lockdown was uh, when we watched the first episode of um, The Mandalorian was deciding that um, Baby Yoda was a creep. Like right. a creepy little pervert. Yeah. Uh, just peeping and... <sighs> And honestly, once you've decided that joke with your eight-year-old child, mm. and then you watch the whole of The Mandalorian, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Never stops being funny. Uh, and then when when it, when he starts doing creepy things, it's honestly, I highly recommend I can it. Imagine that us, him turning up at dogging and just sipping that soup, watching. Oh, he he loves oh. to watch. Uh, uh. He likes violence. He Eat. loves to watch the violence. Eat yeah. Eggs. Loves. Uh, see, that's is that a spoiler? No. <laughs> I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. Yes, but yeah, when he ate them eggs, I was like, everything I thought about this guy has just been... Mm. Yeah. Anyway, you can cut that bit if you want, because no. God knows we need to keep on track. Yeah, um, um, yeah so they, they, they... Grogu. Yeah, yeah Grogu, so Grogu. Grogu is playing um, Piers Sam. Brosnan in the past. Oh. Yeah, 1979 Sam, baby Sam. Mm -hmm. um, but Donna has no plans, but I've written here, she has no plans, but she went to Oxford, so she'll be fine whatever she wants to do. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll fail upwards. Probably. Yeah, exactly. I think someone um, just gives her a hotel, which is very... You know, I do. Very, very, very Oxford. Very Oxbridge, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but she goes to a local tavern with Sam and meets this guy called Sophia who a sings Sophia. a song. Yeah, I was thinking, is that his real name? Is that the lady who owns the tavern? No, it's the bloke. Oh, um, I he... thought Sophia was the was the far too kind Greek lady who gives her a hotel. Is that not Sophia? Again, really crap. Oh, it explains why the kid's called Sophie. I just got that. Okay. I thought it was like, that's terrible to have two characters with such similar names in your script, but maybe on, she's named after her or him. No, you're right. Sophia is the lady. Lazarus is her son. Okay. I'll scratch Lazarus. That. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So, so uh, Donna and Sam go to a local tavern. She befriends the owner, a lady called Sophia, and her mm -hmm. son Lazarus is in a band. And they sing her a song, and he's got again got a wireless microphone. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so then she says, I, I'm in a band. And I thought, are you? Um, you've sung at Oxford and jumped off a barge, but okay. <clears throat> so then she then goes up. You, they then say, you should go up and sing a song. So she sings a Dante, a Dante. Yeah, that old famous ABBA song. Everyone loves that one. She should have done Chicken Tikka. <laughs> Chicken Tikka, you and I know. <laughs> Um, so then after the song, her and Sam have sex mm. and they go out in a boat and he says to her, I thought the sex, he said, I thought last night was miraculous. <laughs> miraculous. Wow. Is that meant to be a hint that that's the one, that's, that is the fuck that made the baby? I, I don't know because Harry said it was the greatest night of his life. Maybe she's just really good at sex. I guess she's, that's what I've written here. She must be very good at sex. Yeah. 
So then we cut to present day and everything's been ruined after the storm. And Sophie wants to cancel the opening party. There's no planes of all the guests will be able to fly. Yeah. No ferries are running, mm-hmm. even though there's no storm now. Yeah. And we see later boats are fine. Uh, but Pierce, you know, he says everything will be fine. Don't worry. It, it's really at this point, yes, it would be a good idea to cancel your hotel opening. If you wanted there to be press and mm. and people and guests who might come and book and stay at your hotel and that kind of thing, that would be a good idea to just postpone it. There's literally no jeopardy at all in postponing your hotel opening at this point. Does she live on Wonder Woman's Island? We've we talked about this for the first mm. one, yeah. We mm. do. Maybe maybe there's only like a portal that opens to the outside world every like twenty years or something. It's, it's like rough. Brigadoon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frigadoon. Nice. Nice. And then Pierce says, it'll be fine. You need to say something like, I know about Leng. You're not letting your mum down. I did that once. Yeah. And then we cut back to 1979. And Donna wakes up early in the morning and sings Name of the Game. She runs around in slow motion, gets some oranges, and a goat watches her. Oh, fall she gets out some oranges in mm. such a complicated, oh. annoying. Amelie kind of way mm. like it's really sort of manic pixie dream girl-ish sort of falls out, falls over getting some oranges like just get some oranges woman. and at this point she falls out of the tree a goat looks at her she looks at the goat and I'm thinking knowing Donna as we do at this stage does she fuck the goat do you know what the goat's really hot yeah I mean is. I know again it's been a long lockdown but that goat that goat's got something that goat is the goat I think that that goat is the goat in this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she goes back to she goes back to Sam's shack. Yeah, because he says casually tosses out, "Oh, I've got a shack on the island." That's right. How? Oh, that's where he's living. Mm. The same shack. Is it the where he's got? He's got. Has he got a slanting architect's desk there now? Maybe that's right. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he, um, Give it a runway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you before. I want the. Summer house at the top of the house. <laughs> I want a folly and a ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'll get to. That's some gardening, surely. I don't know. I want the dadu railings on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then he's in bed asleep. So she then goes to make some orange juice. Yeah. With her fresh oranges and f- uncovers a photo. Yeah. In his drawer of a lady who she calls a beautiful lady. Yeah. <laughs> because a six-year-old wrote this script. Yeah, <laughs> there's a photo of a beautiful lady. Beautiful lady, dear. Um, and then he he he's devastated that she's found it, and then he admits that he's engaged. And so... yeah, I mean, he could have just said that was my ex or my sister, mm. or there's any amount of lies he could have told at yeah. that point. But he's an honest man. He's a good man, Sarah. Oh, he is. He's paid, isn't he? So then they sing, knowing me, knowing you. Yeah. And he gets to do the aha bits, but it doesn't go aha. I would have done. Um, do you know that this is a deleted scene for our peers? No. Yeah, this is this is heartbreaking. So mm. Piers has very little singing in this film, and yeah. I think they've really... Fools. Fools who made this. We love mm. Piers' singing. It's what we're here for. Um, uh, but uh, I found <clears> the deleted <throat> scene, because I have nothing better to do with of my course. life. Yeah. I, the deleted scene is on, um, on YouTube, and I think it was not cut because of the singing... I think it's because it's very comp- confusing to the plot as to why Piers Brosnan is now singing Knowing Me, Knowing You. And it's essentially, he knows his daughter Sophie just like he also let down Donna in the past and they all know each other. But 
Sophie then says to him, uh, can I play, I don't know if this clip will play, but can I play you a clip? Yeah, please. And let's see if it plays through my headphones. So essentially yeah. the line is, <clears throat> so it's Sophie in the, in the now, in the present saying, yeah. I'm worried that my husband, Sky, who is in New York doing the hotel management thing, uh, I, I'm worried that I ruined things with him. And also I feel like I'm, my relationship with you, Piers Brosnan, my father, is strained. Mm. So the line is, I, I've not just blown it with Sky, I've blown it with you as well. And she sings this in the middle of knowing me, knowing you, and then Piers Brosnan starts singing. But if I really hope this plays, and if not, you'll just have to like find the clip and play it. But, mm. So this is what this is what we hear. It's not just you, I'm blowing it with Sky too. Oh, Sophie. I am, I'm pushing him away. But at times like this, I wish you weren't quite so like your mother. Oh God. And then he goes straight into singing <laughs> So she said she's blowing her dad and Sky. Yeah, at the same awful. time. It's um very close family. It's such a <laughs> it's such a and it's like no one went, should we do that line again? Yeah. No, let's just leave it because the next thing we're gonna hear is Pierce singing. He should turn um, to the camera and go, Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> and that's end of part one of this episode of Smirchpod. We'll be back later in the week with part two. So please stick around. But in the meantime, why not like, subscribe, review, enjoy, share, tell everybody you like. And, you know, why not even buy Thunderbook? Hey, why not? See you next time. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. GreatBigOwl.com